Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. <laughs> well, glory to God. Take your Bibles, please, and uh, turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 as we prepare to receive our evening tithes and offerings. And I'm, I want to declare that, uh, and I know many people are you know, believe in God. Many people laid off, and I know the slope workers, and there's lots of things that have happened to affect our finances. Um, I understand. I am overwhelmed to declare to you the testimony that the church, Kings, Alaska, has continued to grow in strength through all of these weeks. And I'm not sure how that happened. I'm really, I'm just not sure how that happened. It's a total miracle. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And it's an answer to prayer simply for many reasons. One, that means that God is blessing you and that you are giving, tithing, and, and, and sowing. But the other thing that's important, we're in the midst of uh, a process of obtaining a loan for our building. And, you know, you wouldn't want to see things just drop off. That would not be an evidence for a banker, even though they're Christian bankers that we're working with, to say, hey, yeah, let's be a part of that deal. It's just continually gone up. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And uh, that's a credit to you and the grace of God. Y'all there in First Chronicles uh, 29, verse 14 is the text that we're going to read here in a moment. Four different ways to give, but just hold on one second. Because I'm going to read Psalm 24 first. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Psalm 50. Every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. And he owes the hills too. Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So how many of you know God owns it all? Some people think they own it, but actually they just temporarily have it. We're really supposed to be stewards, accountants, if you will, stewards. Think about it that way. First Chronicles 29, 14, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. It's a great day to be awakened to the reality that God wants to make you a steward and you're to be a good steward. Jesus said, if you cannot be trusted with unrighteous mammon, how will you be entrusted with the true riches? That means mammon, money. Mammon's more than money. Mammon really is a spirit, but that's another message. You can't be trusted with money. It's just a test. But if you can be, then you'll be entrusted with the true riches. There's something more than money that's at stake. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. It's the kingdom of God. It is not about money. It's about souls. It's not about food and drink. It's about souls. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, we're going to go ahead and and uh, receive our offering. I think we have ushers, and if you need an envelope, they will bring that to you if you'd like to record your giving. I know many of you have converted 
and are now going to heaven when you die and not to hell. But you've also converted to <laughs> also converted to um, online giving, and uh, and that certainly helps us in many many different ways. It allows for uh, much less administrative work. Online, you can give online through the secure means there. What a powerful word I have for you tonight. Can't hardly wait to get into it. And I commend you to coming, for coming tonight. It's a historic night. It's a historic night. We're going to pray here in just a moment. As soon as you're ready to give, say aye. All right, if you're not ready, hurry up. Take your time. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you own a cattle on a thousand hills and it all belongs to you. We return the tithe, the 10% to you. Lord, we give perhaps into our project, Zach, tonight. Thank you for our building. We declare it done we thank you for favor, lending institutions, and all of the, the generosity that's been released and the wealth of the wicked that's stored up for the righteous and all the blessings of God, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. It's your idea. And God, we declare that the heavens are open. The devourers rebuke. Come on, try it again. The heavens are open. The devourers rebuked, and the time of favor has come. The blessing of Abraham would rest upon us. You blessed Abraham in all things. Bless us in all things that we might be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, would you assist us? And uh, thank you so much for all of you that are giving. I dream about revival. I've dreamed about revival since I began to understand what that is. And... I've had many times where I've seen thousands upon thousands of people in my heart clamoring to get to the house of the Lord and people being saved in the marketplace, children singing in the streets songs that their parents, their mama taught them about the goodness of the Lord. I've seen revival in my, in my heart. I've seen revival in Alaska, and it's coming. We perhaps might even be in the midst of it and, uh, and not aware of how vast and how great God is moving among his people. More people are turning to the Lord now. They're desperate, they're hungry, and they're thirsty for God to, to intervene in their lives. There's many people that are scared. If you've come tonight and you're under the sound of my voice, wherever you are, you've come for help, you have come to the right place. I'm going to bring a word to you that God's going to anoint. And it's going to break off lies. And it's going to release his power. I'm going to bring a word tonight that's going to bring liberty and, and, and joy and freedom to those that are bruised and bound. I'm going to bring a word tonight that's going to impact your life. We're not here because we want to play some patty cake for Jesus. We're here to, to declare the kingdom of God is at hand, to declare that you can be healed, you can be free, you can be saved, you can be, sa you can be delivered. Come on, we're here to, to declare the glory of God in the land of the living. We're not just here. This is not a social gathering. 
This is not a social gathering. This is a gathered people of God, the called out, blood-washed assembly of Almighty God. Come on, stand up on your feet and give them praise in the house of God. We're here to see an outpouring. God has called us for such a time as this. You may be seated. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saw so many miracles this week. So many answered prayer. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and um, I'm going to take it from verse 11, I believe. Now, if you want to know what revival's like, this would be a great text to teach from about what revival looks like, what takes place when a revival happens. Acts 19. One of the things, while you're turning there, one of the things you might not realize is that one of the greatest awakenings that has ever taken place in church history was birthed out of the darkest times in history. It's called the Dark Ages, the Black Plague, which, by the way, also came from China. Just letting you know. So are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Plague came from rats. I'm, listen, we love the Chinese. Amen. There's a great revival in China too. Well, I don't really understand that, but it, <laughs> crazy. I don't know if they had wet markets back then. Anyway, we know more now than we did then, so we think. But these rats were carried on ships and transported all around the world. And it's these rats that carried black plague, black death. Out of that, everybody's values were shot. Let me just talk to you a minute. The church, you know, you're wondering, if you lived in that age and the church declared divine power, but then you see priests dropping dead, then you had to wonder, and they did. And it turned everything really upside down, and people began to doubt the church, began to doubt government, began to question everything, began to question all their values, not unlike today. And thank God this is nothing like the Black Death. Come on on, somebody say hallelujah. And you can go and look at the 13 1300s and then into the 1400s. There began to be a renaissance, an awakening in the hearts of people, an explosion of creative arts and, and writing. And, and you can go and read it. It's called the Renaissance. And that gave birth then into, into uh, the Reformation, Martin Luther and the 95 Theses, where the church, the Catholic church, lost its power They weren't teaching and preaching and declaring the truth that you can be justified by faith and faith alone. 
A a reformation that came out of the book of Romans. The book of Romans has brought more revivals than just about any other single book of the Bible. You know what I mean by book when I say book? It's a letter to the church at Rome. It's Paul's theology. Martin Luther nails those 95 theses on the church at Wormberg. And starts a reformation. Just so happens that Gutenberg's printing press was invented. Imagine that. And the first book that was ever printed, do you know what it was? It was the one you hold in your hand, although it was a little bit different. In places of the world where the Bible came and were read in one account, the Bible was read out in the street, and 2,000 people gathered and stayed for over 24 hours to hear God's word in their own language. Now today, we've got people that have their Bible sitting on toilet tanks, and occasionally they'll look at it while they're doing their business and read the psalm, maybe. What you hold in your hand has brought revolutions. What you hold in your hand, the truth of God's word, has brought transformation and healing and deliverance This is not something that we're doing is not a social gathering. He said, isn't this social? No, this is my religion. I believe in what we're doing as a a right before heaven to do it and as a United States citizen, and I'm exerting my rights. Just glad my family's on the front row. Yeah, so when all the spit flies, it just hits you all. (laughs) All right, Acts 19, are you all there? Well, let's stand for the reading of the word. Come on, we haven't done that in a little while. Hey, let's stand for the reading of God's word. I'm gonna take it from verse one. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, arriving at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, I want you to say that. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is... In Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 men in all. Peter entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. The way is is the church. The way, the truth, the life. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had daily discussions in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. This went on for two and a half years. This is a, I want you to, this is a composite picture of revival, and I'm going to preach it to you. 
This went on for two and a half years so that all Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the men who had the then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating. Everybody say such a beating. Such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's a beating. Verse 17. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. With what? With fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Today's math, $4 million by one account. Verse 20. In this way, in what? In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Father, I thank you for your word, a lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path. I pray that you would move with great power, that you'd even now begin to fall on those that are infirmed, those that are bound, and those that are sick, those that are perplexed. God, we ask now, for you to break every hold that the enemy would have upon people and the fear of the Lord would come upon us all and that your name would be honored, that signs and wonders and miracles would take place from this meeting and even beyond, across the miles on the web. There's no distance in your spirit. I serve notice against the powers of darkness and command you to shut your mouth. You have no right here. I bind, gag, and muzzle you for manifesting, and I declare every person that's under the sway of demonic power to be loosed in this service at any point, and that those who would hear it at a later date, the same would be true. Healing, breakthrough, deliverance. Baptism of the Holy Spirit would take place. People receiving their prayer language and the glory of God coming on the parking lot and on neighbors. Those at home and those that are gathered here, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You say, what is revival like? It's like that. It's like that. People being filled with the Spirit. People hearing about Jesus and giving their hearts to the Lord. 
People getting touched in homes outside of homes, in churches outside of churches, in marketplaces, in the highways, and the byways. People coming in contact with a living God through people that know him. I've read accounts of the Hebrides revival that took place 1935, around there, 39. And uh, you might have seen that YouTube account of Donald's Bible. But that revival, the Hebrides revival, was astounding in many ways. It happened long before the evangelist showed up. There was a prayer meeting. In fact, it was said that you could walk through the, the Isle of Lewis, I believe it is, and you could see lights in barns and homes in the wee hours of the morning, and you could hear people crying and weeping. One account of Mother is walking with her son in a field. And he all of a sudden fell to the ground, weeping and crying. And he gave his life to Christ and he repented of his sin. He was born again. He became a preacher. And last checked, he was 97 years old, still alive in Scotland. Sovereignly touched, no preacher, just came, power came on him. Could that happen again? Could that, could that happen again? I believe that there's another wave of power, another awakening that's upon us. I was talking to someone very near and dear to me, and they were telling me you know, about the difference about being in a church that's alive and a church that's dead. It's God's church, so I'm not going to criticize his body. But I know there's a big difference between in a, being in a place where the word of God is preached with power and authority and being in a place where the preacher doesn't even believe what he's preaching. There are places like that. May we never become that. Can you say amen? Revival's like a building wave here in Alaska. I grew up surfing with my brothers and you'd always look for the out, what we call the outsider. Just always looking for the big one. You know, we just constantly got your eyes on the horizon. And, you, you know, you'd study the ocean, you'd study weather, and you'd see how the sets would come in, and you'd learn to read the waves. And, and there's just something about catching that outside one, being the one that was Akamai, the one that was, uh, you know, alert and aware and tuned enough to see that wave, to be in the place to catch it. Many times I've sat there in the lineup and all my brothers went in, but I was out there. And I look and I think started to get lie down on my board and started to start paddling a little bit, turn around and see if anybody's catching on. And sure enough, it starts rising and rising. The, the big one. You hope that you can get right to the right place so that you can just get enough momentum and just pop up and... If you didn't understand that, that's okay. There's a mighty wave coming. I've seen it in my dreams. I've seen it in visions. It's not just coming to Alaska. It's coming to America. It's not just coming to America. It's coming to the, to the ends of the earth. There's an awakening in the hearts of men and women and children. There's a deep longing for people. They long for it. Money can't fill it. Fame can't fill it. Fortunes. Power, nothing can satisfy 
like Jesus. I've been in a bit of a revival myself back in the ni- 1995 where a young men came and preached. It's overwhelming for me to talk about. And I'll just begin to get overwhelmed again. Who knows what will happen here tonight? We might have a spitting revival. You know, they had viruses back then. Jesus spit on some dude and he got a set of eyeballs. If I didn't have any, if I didn't have any, come on. If I didn't have any vision, you spit on me if I got a set of eyes too. Come on. What about the virus? How about a set of eyes? Just kidding. Sort of. Let's look at this text, the the elements of an outpouring. Because I think we're actually in the beginning of one. You see, if, if I can preach in such a way, and I have prayed this already, that God would touch you by the Spirit tonight, tonight and, and place hope and an expectation in your heart to believe that, that even revival is upon us. And I can give you the testimonies. We've got so many testimonies of deliverance, so many freedom, healing. And that in your heart would rise a hunger and a desire for God to pour out his spirit on your life, your family, your neighborhood, on your church, on your region, wherever you are. Then what will happen is there will come a great wave. Many people are waiting on God. I'm convinced God's waiting on us. Elements of an outpouring. There's an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. Every outpouring, every single one, there's an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. An emphasis. Verse 5, on hearing this, we're baptized in the in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. You know, I've said this before, but can you imagine you bump into your neighbor and uh, they go maybe to some other church? And, you know, God bless the body of Christ. I'm not against other churches. Thank you, Jesus. Bless Everybody say, God bless the body. But can you imagine asking somebody, so have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That would be an unusual question for today, but not in Paul's day. Because Paul understood the emphasis of the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you? Have you been filled? There's an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. God, verse 11, get extraordinary miracles through Paul. Even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him. I mean, can you you imagine? Can you imagine this? So some say that Paul actually made tallits. And I don't know if that's true or not. But he, was, he had a, he had a, um, a tent-making business, all right? And so literally, they saw this guy doing signs, wonders, and miracles. And I think they would literally sneak up and snatch his stuff from his workbench. Because man, his sweat was on that. man. Can you imagine if you turned around and somebody ripped off your hat so they could lay hands on it and put it on their grandma so they could get healed? And then, and then when you did, they did get healed. And then you said, where'd that hat come from? That guy, Paul. <laughs> that guy, I stole it and I put it on grandma and now she's alive. 
Do you think God could do that? There's a transference of anointing that takes place. Listen, some of you ladies, you want to get your husband saved, just get some olive oil and grease that boy's shoes. Just stick it in there towards the toes a little bit. Believe God. Take a, take a prayer cloth and shove it in his pillowcase. I'm telling you, I can tell you stories. There's always an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. And there's always training in the word. Verse 9. Some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe. Imagine that. They had obstinate people even back then. They publicly maligned the way. Can you turn it down? Do you guys have to sing so loud? Yes, we do. (laughs) Wish that church would just zip it. We can't. I mean, if you stuck your finger in 223 phase, buddy, you're going to yell. And so Paul left them, which is a very, that is one of the saddest verses right there. So Paul left them. He left them because they would not receive the word. I'm going to tell you, not everybody receives the word. It's your job to pray. Listen, all of you can walk in power, walk in the blessings of God, or you can be cursed if you want to. You take the pig. It's up to you. I'm a, I'm a son of Cain. No, you're not. If you can hear my voice right now, you're not a son of Cain. And if you are, be free in Jesus' name. If, you're, if you struggle with demon power, you can be delivered. So the word of God, they met daily at 1230 at ETS to hear the word. It's not really what, obviously doesn't say that, but they met daily. Do you know that there should be daily ongoing preaching and teaching that you're listening to? Do you do that? Yeah, I actually do it, preach and teach, and I partake I here too. Daily? Daily. I'm in the Word every day. You in the Word every day? Yeah. A lot of people are. A lot of people are in the Word more now than they ever have been in their life. I mean, my God, you're quarantined. How, how, how many shows of the, of, of, of the, you know, Vampire Buffy or whatever, how many shows can you watch? (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whatever it is. That used to be your favorite show, didn't it, Pastor Karen? She's like, I don't even know what it is. Of course you know. But I'm saying that people just, they pollute themselves with all kinds of stuff and wonder why they have no fire. They pollute themselves with days of their idiots, ongoing, days of our lives, it's really days of the idiots, Ongoing, ongoing show after show after show after show after show. Before you know it, you're doing the same thing. You're living out and saying, that, come on. They got in the word. These are, these are principles of an outpouring, emphasis of the Holy Spirit, training in the word. The third thing you see, in every outpouring, there's witnessing. There's always a sharing of your faith. There's always a declaring, a declaring of what God has done talking with a young man just recently and he was telling me, man, I got to get bolder. He just really gave his heart to the Lord. I got to get bolder. I just, I'm asking God to help me speak up some more. I was talking to this guy and started telling him about how God, how great God is. Listen, when God does something in your life, you can't stop. You can't talk, you can't stop talking about what he's done. But what I've found is, what I've found is many Christians get stuck they get in this 
church Christian rut. It's not like you're, you know, grew horns out of the top of your head, but you lost your vibrancy of fire for God. And you're not in the word like you used to be. And you can walk past somebody who's in bondage and it doesn't, we used to, before you used to be like weeping and crying and turn and like lay hands on them and pray for them and oh, and give them Jesus. You couldn't wait to get home to read. Some of you lost your first love. Witnessing is always a part of revival. Miracles and the casting out of demons. One day, an evil spirit, verse 15. So these seven sons of Sceva. And if you, if you look at this, they, they were these exorcist teams that would go out and perform exorcisms, casting out of devils. One day. So in other words, they do this. This is what they do. This is their ministry. They go out and they cast out devils. I don't know how effective they were. But one day, they run into a demon that wants to give them a hard time. And it, you know what that points to? Some demons are harder than others. Some things are rooted in people and attached to their lives in a way that's much stronger than other demons. So one day, an evil spirit answers them. Can you imagine? There you go about your stuff, and you get out your little kit, you know, and you, you get your little holy water or whatever, and you're going through your thing, and the devil's like, who are you? What? They, they, try to, they try to cast him out in the name of Jesus, but here's the thing. They, they call on the name of the Lord, but they don't have a relationship with him. And the reason we know that is what the demon says. The demons lie mostly, but this time I think he's telling the truth, especially he's in the word, is to teach us something. Jesus we know. Paul. You heard about Paul? I've heard about Paul. You've heard about Paul. We've all heard about Paul. Who are you? You measly religious scrub. And the devil jumps on him. Seven sons. Seven sons of Sceva become the first streakers in the Bible. One guy gave seven dudes such a beating. Now, if you don't think they were fighting back, you better believe they were fighting back, probably trying to get out of the house. Ripped their clothes off, one guy, demon power. And the fascinating thing about that to me is that the fear of the Lord falls on the church. People heard about it. That's not even like everybody was there to watch the seven sons of Sceva and they're naked running. That's not what they were doing. They heard about it. Somebody testified, dude, did you hear what happened? No, what happened? You know those seven sons of Sceva guy? They've been using the name of Jesus, but they don't really know him. You know those guys? Yeah, yeah. They were over at Johnny's house. No, not Johnny. That guy's got some mean. Yeah, they were over at his house. If your name's Johnny, you can be free right now. They went over to Johnny's house and tried to cast out the devil. Ripped all their clothes off. Gave them such a beating. They don't call them the sons of seven sons of Sceva anymore. They, took, they call them the naked and bleeding ministry. And by the way, they're not doing that anymore. They're at home getting healed. And fear falls on the church. Verse 17. When this became known to Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord was held in high honor. 
Revival will have an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. Elements of revival will always have an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. There will always be the Word of God being preached and taught, daily even. You'll always see witnessing and people giving their lives to Jesus, and you will see miracles, signs, wonders, and you'll see demon power being broken off of people. And the inc- these, these incidences in this case, the Lord was held in high honor because of him. So let me just bring you now to the essential ingredient for having an outpouring. Raise your hand if you want to see an outpouring. Come on, raise your hand in the parking lot. Raise your hand at home. Come on, if you want to see a real revival, how does that happen? I will tell you how it happens. It happens by you getting your life right. That's how it happens. It happens by you getting cleansed and set on fire. You know, you look for a, a, a get, I'm going to tell you, Revival's not coming through some imported guest speaker to Alaska. It's going to come when Alaskans wake up with our God-given blood-bought right and begin to exercise their own devils out of their own homes, begin to stand on God's word, learn God's word, be baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost, and, and teach others and walk and witness and pray and see God be God in their midst. That's when a great outpouring will come. It's not that we won't have guests, we'll have them. But an essential ingredient for revival is that believers, believers come and get cleansed. Verse 18, many of those who believe now came openly and confessed what they had done. These are believers. So when this happens, it's like, oh, snap. I better like stop watching Days of the Idiots and like start living right. And they come like... Um, Peter, I just want to say, I've been living right. I just want to give my life back to the Lord. And there, there's this confession that happens through the church, through believers. Believers, not unbelievers. These are believers that get their act together. They get their life right. They, they're like, man, I better, not, I better not messing around. Oh, that porn. That, yeah, I, gotta, I better not do I got I got to stop that. I better start tithing. I better start living for God. Holy cow, seven's got naked and bleeding. Oh, God, Jesus. Fear falls on the church, believers. And this is amazing to me. So they confess their evil deeds. And they publicly destroyed their idols. Look at verse 18, 19. A number who practice sorcery. These are believers. These are not Unbelievers. Unbelievers practice sorcery. That's, that's a given. Un, unbelievers smoke pot, get drunk, fornicate. That's what unbel- unbelievers do, unbelieving things. They curse a lot and do all kinds of stuff. Shock, shock. And such were some of you. But you were washed. You were cleansed. You were redeemed. Can you say hallelujah? But anyone who continues, says First John, continues to do these things, is, is basically not saved. So what's incredible is these believers come to their senses and they bring $4 million worth of these scrolls. They're magic scrolls. Believers having magic scrolls. Imagine that. And we don't have any magic scrolls now, Pastor Daniel. No? No, there's all kinds of witchcraft that many people practice, including your your anger when you get all big and huge to control your entire household and God forbid anybody would ever question you or, 
Like, and then everybody walks on eggshells all around you. Yeah, you're a little warlock. Let's have a praise break because I'm not feeling the love. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, out in the parking lot, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, everybody, lift his name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Local nearby college in the United States, a young football player, star running back, and uh, also a linebacker, tremendous athlete. They had a Chi Alpha group that's a, you know, a Bible group on campus, and this star linebacker, a star player, he, he got saved. And uh, I mean, like, saved, saved, right? So he's saved. He starts going to the Bible study. And um, they have a, a burning that weekend where they're going to burn all the things that are not of God. You know, everybody's going to get their, their magic scrolls. You know, get, they're going to get whatever needs to be burned. I know none of you have anything like that in your house that would need to come out of your house. But that's facetious. It's uh, sarcastic. In other words, probably most of you have things in your house that you should not have in your house. Anyway, moving right along. They have this fire, and it's going to be on, you know, it's going to be on Friday night, and, uh, and so they're going to burn these things, and God's sweeping through this campus, and the, the football player is, uh, gets on the bus. He's not going to be there because he's on the bus going to a big game, you know, in another state, and so he gets on the bus with his team, and he's uh, going along on the bus, and he starts getting convicted because he's got a bunch of pornography under his bed. And uh, he goes, man, I got to burn that stuff, but I'm not there. So he calls his leader, and he says, hey, man, um, man, I got some stuff I got to burn tonight, and I'm not going to be there. I'm on the bus. You know, he calls him on his cell phone, and the guy's like, well, I'll burn it for you, bro. Just tell me where it's at. He's like, all right, no problem. It's under my bed. Go into my room. It's under my bed in a brown paper bag, and it's just a bunch of magazines and stuff, and I got to burn it all. He's like, no problem, man. I got your bag. I got you. I got your bag. Sweet, bro. Thanks. So, you know, there's a fire that night. And the leader comes with this brown paper bag. And as people are throwing their things in, he begins to reach in the bag and throw these magazines in. He's like, they're not mine. (laughs) They're not mine. These aren't mine. And he throws them in. Never be ashamed of breaking time. It was kind of a joke, you know. So anyway, just take a moment to laugh and I'll feel better about it. Confession. Confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another. You may be healed. Confession's very good. It's something that many Christians have lost. Publicly destroyed their idols. Four million dollars. Now I can take it. A whole lot of time to tell you stories. I know you love stories, so I'm just going to tell you a few. A man by the name of uh, James Robinson uh, of Texas. He's got a marriage ministry. He's been around a long, 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 long time. And a uh, great man, great testimony. Him and his wife, you might have seen him on TV. He shares this story. 
believe it's in one of his books. And uh, one of his partners uh, was having a problem with demon power in their large estate and asked him if he would come by and pray. So he, he came to the estate and he spent some time with this man and this wife and, and they prayed and he said, well, you know, let's just pray for your house. And so they started walking through the house and started noticing these collection of, of all these Asian uh, idols, uh, jade Buddha dolls and Buddha, you know, jade things. And I mean, through the whole place. And James Robinson said, you need to get rid of all these. What do you, he says, right now? He said, they're very expensive. He said, you need to get rid of them all. So he had a lake on the property there. They gathered all of these very expensive idols up that were from all over the world, filled this wheelbarrow, and went out to the lake and threw them in the lake. And when they threw the last one, the testimony is this, when the last one of these idols went in, I think it was a jade Buddha was the last one they threw in. They heard the wife screaming from the house. So they, they ran, they got there, She's like, what happened? What happened? They said, we just threw all those things in the lake and and they're gone. She says, something left our house and a terrifying screaming and screeching left our home. Whoa. Pastor Karen didn't always serve the Lord. She was a really good sinner long ago. She was involved. She was, what's wrong with you guys? She was involved in the New Age movement in a big way. I don't mean like a little way. I mean like big way. Sell all your stuff and followed two gurus to Hawaii. Sold everything she had. And she made these malas. Does anybody know what those are? They're these prayer beads. And she was really good at it. And she was commissioned by different other pagans to make these malas. And um, she got saved. She met me and got saved. Amen. Shortly thereafter... Shortly thereafter, realizing she had all of these things that had to get out of her life. He said, like, don't you want to, like, give it? What about giving this? Well, then then defile somebody else. Some things, some things need to be burned and destroyed. And so she gathered all of her stuff. And I'm going to tell you, it was quite a pile. We got a 55-gallon drum, and we brought it down to the beach in Kihei. And uh, my, my mom was there, I believe. Mom was there, right? You'll remember mom out in the parking lot. And uh, we brought this out to the beach, and we set it on fire. And I'm going to just tell you, we heard stuff. We heard screeches, and, and we heard things. We felt, we felt things. We felt like the anger of the devil, and then boom, breaking, boom, breaking, 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 just one after another, after another, after another. There is demon power that wants to attach to you. Don't be some secular humanist believer. But you just believe in Jesus. There's no devils. If you're wanting to go the opposite way of the way of the Lord, you're bound by some kind of thing that's attached to you, and you have to have it broken off of you. Now, I've done a lot of self-deliverance. What does that mean? I lay hands on myself. Come out! I've laid hands on myself. Listen, you can lay hands on yourself. Some of you need to lay hands on yourself. 
See, man, well, I'm a believer. A demon can't inhabit light places. What do you know about, what do you know about spiritual spatial realities? Seriously. Nothing. You don't even know how planets don't crash into each other. No, Dan, Christian can't have a demon. Well, if one's sitting on your head defecating, what's the difference between that and, it, you know, taking up residence in your left hand or something? You don't want any of it. Come on, someone say, I don't want any of it. Say it like you mean it. I don't want Wow. Why? <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't they burn those? Why did they still have that stuff? Because nobody preached to them, told them maybe. Man, there's many reasons. Maybe, do you know that I'm just, I, I say this, and I'm just going to say it to, to my beautiful people. Most of the body of Christ is bound. Most people don't get free. They don't. They tolerate sin. They allow sin. They wink at it. They have this little, this little thing, you know, in their life. Just... This little, little pet demon, this thing you do when nobody can see you, when nobody will know your little pet sin that you play with. Oh, nobody in your home may know, but God knows. And the devil knows, and you're being manipulated by demon power. Come on, raise your hands to heaven and say, set me free if there's anything to set me free from. Why didn't they do it before? No real fear of the Lord. No real fear of the Lord and no consequences that they could see. I've found that the enemy will work really hard to get into somebody's life and just wait for his shot. Strongholds are like that. Strongholds are like landmines. They wait for the most inopportune moment to blow up and blast your innards everywhere, destroying your life and all that know you, defiling everybody. Wait till you get to right to the right perfect place. I've seen it with pastors. We've seen it with political people. We've seen it with, in all walks of life where they have this little pet sin and it just seems to stay there under the covers, you know, under the, under the cover of darkness. And then before you know it, at the most inopportune time to cause the most amount of damage, <laughs> most people don't really understand that there's consequences to their evil. I do. I still experience some of it today. I've seen the Lord has redeemed my life and brought reconciliation, healing. But there's still a couple things yet to come that I've been waiting for for 30-something years. If you think that you can just go ahead and keep your little magic scroll and do whatever you think is all right, just, just you and G, you, just me, it's my life, it's my life, I can do whatever... You're sadly mistaken, and you'll pay a horrible price when the Lord wants to set you free. In actual fact, 
If you'll let that go and come to him, he'll give you the satisfaction that you're really longing for, that you're trying to get at the end of that idol. It doesn't work. They had no real fear of the consequences of evil, no real fear of God or honor of God. Worship team, please. No real fear of God or honor of God. Do you fear the Lord? Do you honor him? A great revival's heading our place, but heading this way and like a wave. But God is, is asking us to take, a, to take a, a loving examination of our hearts, our lives. Are you ready? You wouldn't want to be the seven sons of Sceva. You, you, you wouldn't want the such a beating ministry. Don't you want to be free? Every day, nearly, nearly every day, I ask the Lord, is there anything else? I've lately been confronted with some things. Just a pattern of communication and different things that in my life the Lord wants to change. You know, when it comes from one person, you, know, you could maybe like dismiss that, but then when perhaps it comes another way, you can think, hmm, two unrelated people might be saying something. Then when it comes a third way, and then the Lord's talking to you in the Word, you can play anytime you want. Preferably now would be great. <laughs> then, you know, there could be some sh shred of truth. Some of you are masters of, of deflection. Whoa, that wasn't for me. Whoa! It's like Matrix. You didn't see that movie? Okay. Pastor Karen told me about it. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Prepare your house. Prepare your heart. Prepare your home. Prepare your family. It's time for spring cleaning. Your yard looks like mine. I got trash. I got different things that have blown in from, because both glaciers converge on my house. It's a funnel for trash. It's right through my yard. That's my theory anyway. You know that, that sign? It's cleanup days in Washilla. It's prophetic. Said, is it cleanup days? Oh, yes, it is. Yep. It's cleanup days. Can you sing that cleanup days song that we worked on? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on in the parking lot. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just come upon you right now. Holy Ghost, expose anything. Won't you, wouldn't you give him, would you give him rights? Would you, would you honor him and fear the Lord enough? Listen, some of you have been smoking cigarettes for a long time. God told you to quit. Now, if, if you don't quit and you end up with some disease from smoking cigarettes, seriously, are you going to be angry at God? He told you to quit 10 years ago. That was for somebody. That's a word of the Lord for someone. Well, I can't. No, actually, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't know how hard it is. 
No, I, I, I don't know how hard that is. I had my own devils to overcome. But you can overcome. You can overcome, sir, your porn problem. You can overcome your addiction to food. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking back here. You can overcome your bondage. You can be free. I pray, Holy Spirit, that the light of your word, the light of your spirit would come shine on all of our hearts. Clean up days, absolutely, in preparation for the power of God. That last verse says, and the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. The word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. If there's not a cleanup that takes place and demonstration, emphasis of the Holy Spirit, the preaching and teaching of the word of God, conviction and people coming to the Lord, witnessing, there won't be an outpouring or he'll have it without you. The Lord's healing people right now. He's exposing things. Don't be under condemnation. Just make a deal. Go home and set it on fire. Uh, it's a burn ban. But you can put it in your wood-burning stove or do whatever you do. Be free from the bonds. Some of you have been through some very painful, difficult situations. And as a result of those painful, difficult things, you made a decision about yourself and about your life. It's almost so painful that you gave up hope, actually, of ever really walking in freedom and power again. It just, it just things got blurry. And so you began to retreat and just fade away into the world, the things of the world, the time and tradition began to just fade away. I shake you tonight by the prophetic word. I shake you from your apathy and from demon power that would try to blind you and rob from you the very purpose of your life. I take authority over every lying devil. I command those lies to be silenced. Now. Break every chain. Break every bondage, sex, lust, greed, idolatry, and give us the fear of the Lord. Give us the fear of the Lord. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Our time is almost done. We have a, a unique way of exiting, I believe, tonight when we do that. Sing whatever's on your heart, Minister Mike. So appreciate you, the anointing on your life. Lift your hands. It's the power of your presence that changes us your glory all Receive a fresh us. touch of the Holy Spirit today. And we're Be filled open and be free. The heavens fall afresh on parking lot. Just put your hazards on. We're going to come and pray for you. Be healed. Here in the sanctuary. Be healed. Be free. Demon power. 
break your hold now. Be free. Be healed. Listen, some of you need to do your part to confess and renounce. Do it now. Do it just right now. Just tell them, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I was involved in that. God, forgive me for my part. Some of you need to forgive others that maybe lured you or drew you in to that. You need to repent. Repentance brings healing. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. Just tell them and then follow through. Seriously. Some of you need to get rid of some books. Some of you have got jewelry that was from a really defiled time and every time you see that ring it reminds you of something reminds you of that defilement get rid of it you can trade it in and get the cash tithe on it give it to Project Zach keep some and go go to a restaurant as they're going to 50% on Friday support local business hallelujah objects can have demon power attached to them and defilement I'm wearing this, this ring. It's the Star of David. It reminds me of many things. It reminds me of the trip I took to Israel. And it reminds me of a, a brotherhood of believers. Some other brothers were wearing the same ring. They gave me, gave me one. It means so much to me. It reminds me of covenant. It reminds me of the harvest of Jews that are to come in and the fullness of the Gentiles. It reminds me of the outpouring. It reminds me of when I walked in places where Jesus walked. It reminds me of standing in the tomb with my hands raised and power God all over me. It reminds me of all of that. But some of you have things that remind you of a whole other set of dreams and a whole other set of nightmares, I should say, things that happen. Get rid of it. Sell it. Drop it in the offering. Sell it. Buy something for somebody. Redeem it. Some things you can redeem. Magic scrolls, those aren't redeemable. Those cost a lot of money. So is money now the idol? Burn it. It's the power of your presence that changes us. That changes us so glory all around us. We're undone. And we're undone, you open. on us Fall afresh on us You're here under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart to Jesus so in the closing moments of this service you're here in the sanctuary you're in the parking lot you're on Facebook you're on YouTube you're on Spotify you're on the podcast you're on the web stream or you're in our neighborhood wherever you are if you've never given your life to Jesus, do it now. Won't you give your life to Christ? Repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. True freedom comes from him and him alone. He paid for your sin and mine, but you must receive it. You must believe. You must believe. Someone very close to me said this. It was so profound. I believed in Jesus. It's just like, you know, last week. I believed in Jesus. And 
I believed he's my Lord and Savior, but I had all these other things that I just think, you know, it didn't matter. It's drugs and different things. I just feel like you know, he didn't really care about that. Then I realized he does. Whoa. He does care. Holiness matters. Sin matters. Some of you need to recommit. Some of you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. If you're here in this beautiful church, in the parking lot, under the sound of my voice, if that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Baptize these with your Holy Spirit. Let the power of your spirit come. Fill and flood every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Holy Spirit, come. Release your power. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the spirit, go right ahead. If you've never prayed in the spirit, just allow sounds and syllables to come forth. holy faith says to pray in the Holy Ghost be filled with the Holy Spirit even as Peter preached to those Gentiles and the Holy Spirit fell let your Holy Spirit fall on all the cars outside let your spirit fall in this place let your spirit fall in homes across America those that will listen on a later date let your Holy Spirit fall across the neighborhood here in Wasilla Holy Ghost Holy Ghost let your fire fall now. Come on, sing in the spirit, pray in the spirit. We give you praise. So I prophesy a great outpouring. Because God's people are drawing near. The fear of the Lord is falling. And the word of the Lord, notice that the word of the Lord spread in this way. In other words, there's more stuff that happened in Acts 19, but they didn't write that down. They just wrote this part. This is what will happen. Look for signs. Look for miracles. Look for wonders at all point to the fact that Jesus was crucified, rose again from the grave. Be a witness. Get in the word. Cut all ties with the enemy. Silence of the voice of the, of the devil in your head, in your thinking. Live for God. It's the greatest adventure ever. It's the reason you were made. I said it's the reason you were made. You were knit together in your mother's womb for such a time as this. Do not be robbed. Be awakened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the fear of the Lord fall. There is consequence. You don't want that. You want the blessing of God. Moment longer. Just pray in the spirit. Come on in the parking lot. Pray in the spirit. 
If you prayed and gave your life to Jesus, you let us know by sending us an email, put it in the comments. You'd let us know. Tell one of the ushers or the greeters, those are the people that are wearing masks mostly. Come on, don't stop. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just a couple moments and service is over. Some of you haven't prayed in the Spirit in a long time. Do it now. I declare breakthrough over you. I declare freedom from every every chain, every shackle. I declare freedom to the bound and the bruised, the healing of the brokenhearted in the name of Jesus. Healing, healing divine, freedom divine.
Just wait a Depression go, anxiety go, depression go. 
suicidal thoughts and self-hatred, we command you in the name of Jesus. Go. Healing of the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blind, deaf ears unstopped, lame to walk, the blind to see. I declare the kingdom of God is at hand in these cleanup days. May the revival ensue. The fear of the Lord fall. The blessings of God come upon us and our children. In fact, may the Lord bless you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, keep you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Some instructions before we dismiss. If you're in the front half in the sanctuary, that would be from the cameras forward, this camera forward. I need you to exit through the front doors, and if you could just generally split the room in half and head out the front doors. <laughs> For those of you in the back, do your best to social distance, would you please? We're, we're under the spotlight, and I'm... I'm not looking for trouble. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pray and obey. That's, I'm just obeying the Lord, what I felt like he told me to do. I'm so glad you come. May God bless you. We'll hope to see you tomorrow. And uh, if we have this many people at morning prayer, that'd be great. It's not just 50. It's, it could be more than that. We're just going to practice social distancing. We love you. Make sure you register for the services. You've got to save a seat. It's the only way to get in here or come to the parking lot. I'm so glad you came. We love you out in the parking lot. God bless you. We love you online. And, of course, those of you here in the sanctuary, God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. God bless you. We'll hope to see you soon. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.